turn the music. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. We serve a good God who's holy and righteous, and he's so good to us. I'm so grateful to be in his house, to be able to give him some praise, some adoration, and not only that, but to delve into his word and gain an understanding of the word of God. What a precious thing that is that he grants us the, the grace and, and the empowerment to be able to do that. Amen. We're living in a culture where Christianity is the is stepped on, where Christianity is no longer the the forefront or the thing that our, they say that our country is based off of. But I want to tell you this: a church who makes Jesus the number one, who makes Jesus the chief cornerstone, is the real church. Amen. Uh, why don't we lift up our or why don't we stand and lift up our hands and, and just ask God to do what he wants to do in this house. Lord Jesus, God, we give you the liberty, God, the freedom to do what you want to do in this house, God. Lord, lift off the barriers of the mind, Lord. Release the chains of bondage, Lord, over our minds, God. God, I, I freely give myself to you today, Jesus, to operate through me, God, as a conduit to give your word, Lord Jesus. God, we ask that your word would touch our hearts, touch our minds, God. Let us soak up your word today, Lord Jesus. And let your word fall on good ground, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm grateful, God, to be in your house. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your presence, God, that's moving throughout this house, God. Allow us to tap into the flow of the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus, moving in the direction that you want us to move into, God. Moving in the areas where you want us to move, God. Ministering to the needs of the body, God. Let us be edified by your word today and the ministry that takes forth in this house, God. Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Um. I was asking the Lord what he wants to, to do as far as uh, how he wants to minister to the body this week. And I felt during the middle of, of teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, having the concept and the, the idea and the importance of, of what has to be established in order for us to operate in the gifts has to be prayer. In the middle of the spiritual gifts that God gives us to operate in, if there's no prayer, we're not going to have any power to operate in those gifts. Amen. So prayer has to be in the midst of the operation of the gifts because through prayer we gain sensitivity. Through prayer we gain an understanding of, of how God wants to operate through us. Amen. Without that communication and without the ability to understand where God's trying to bring us and where God's trying to use us, there's a disconnect. Amen. And I'll get into what prayer is in the Greek, and it's pretty interesting how God gives us, uh, how God gives us prayer and what prayer does. Amen. If you uh, feel like standing for the reading of the Word, you can. But uh, James 5, 13 through 20 is the scripture that I... Uh, ended with um, last Sunday, um, 
but I want to read this portion of Scripture. It says, is any, among of, uh, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him and anoint him with the oil in the name of the Lord Jesus or in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not upon the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought her fruit. Brethren, if you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from error of his way shall save the soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. Amen. You may be seated. As a growing body, um, as a church, we, I believe God's in, uh, enabled us to be in a place where we're learning, um, you could say, our, our boundaries as a body. Um, how far can we go this way? What works? Uh, what doesn't work? Um, how does this work and, and why does this work? God can reveal those kinds of things to us. But as a body, we have to have the ability to be able to explore together where and what God wants us to move together in and where he wants to strive um, for his purpose and for his kingdom here in, in Camus. Amen. Um, and through that, we all have spiritual gifts. That's been the, the focus that we've been uh, teaching on the, the last two months. And, and with spiritual gifts, God gives us the ability to operate in these gifts so that we can have something to offer to this body, to help the body, to help the body of Christ grow in, in aspects and in ways by which... Um, we can never do in our flesh. We can never do and operate as we do as a body in our own power, amen. But it's by the grace of God, by the Spirit of God, by which we operate through these spiritual gifts, edifying the body of Jesus Christ. But I feel like God, He's trying to shift our perspective as a general body. God wants to steer the boat, you could say, in a direction where God wants to go. It's our decision, though, if we want to go that way. If we want to listen to the voice of God, if we want to, uh, I mean, this is for all churches. We have to be able to listen to the voice of God, and we have to be able to understand where God is turning left, where God is turning right, where God is going straight. Amen. And I believe that God has, has enabled us, amen, to, to get in the vein or, or the direction of where God wants us to flow as a body. But it's the one thing that keeps us in that place, amen, where we will keep elevating as a church, where we will keep growing and we will keep going and we will get rid of the, the ebbs and flows and we will get rid of all that stuff, amen, because God wants us as a church to have victory. God wants us as a church to move to where he wants us to go. Um, the last time I preached about the unsinkable ship, amen, God had a direction for where he, where he was going to go, but all those boats and all those things had to go towards God's direction where he was going. Amen. And that's eventually to eternity. He's going to come back 
whether he takes his church or before or after, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, is that we're all headed to the same place. But the only way that we're going to get there together is through prayer. And not only that, we're going to get there together through the operation through prayer to be able to operate in the supernatural, to be able to edify the body, to be able to edify each other. Amen. As I read that opening scripture of James 5 and 16, or 13 through 20, I want to really focus and and grasp the concept of uh, verse 16 here. And it says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And this portion of scripture really uh, grasped my attention when I was reading it and God really put something in my spirit to study this out and, and what's the point of this. But it says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, availeth much. What does that mean? What, what, what enables us to avail or, or what, does, what are we doing and what are we getting together with God to happen within our prayer time that makes us do better, that makes us do greater things? What is it within our, our prayer, amen, that lets us as a righteous man before the, the, the throne of God, not in our own righteousness, of course, through his righteousness, but what helps our prayer do something that it doesn't do without it being effectual or without it being a fervent thing or with, without it being a righteous thing, amen? What is it here that makes this thing uh, happen? If we look at uh, prayer in itself in uh, the Greek, amen, the, the word prayer is diasis, which means a petition, a prayer, a request, or supplication. But the interesting thing is that the etymology or the root word for prayer is to bind, or to be in bounds, to knit, or to tie, to wind. We've all heard the, the scripture where, um, that which we bind on earth or bind in heaven will be bound, and that which we loose on earth or what we loose in heaven will be loosed. Amen? The root thing of our prayer is a, is a knitting together. What, the root of, of our personal prayer time with God is a, a means of allowing ourselves to be tied with Jesus Christ. A knot can be untied. A knot can loosen up. A knot... But the thing with a knot is that it can get so tight, amen, that nobody can unloosen that thing. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Our prayer, our communion with God, our special time with the Lord is a means of us allowing ourselves not only to give a petition or request or supplication to God, but the etymology of it, the, the root of our prayer is a binding. It's a knitting. It's a, it's a, it's a thing where we're allowing ourselves with the Spirit of God to, to draw together, to be tied up, to, to bind ourselves to the Spirit of God. Prayer is a means by which that we're having communication with God 
But our communication with God shouldn't be made on the request of having to hear something back from Him. It shouldn't be made with the idea that I'm going to get something out of prayer. Amen. I want to challenge you and have a prayer life just because of how good God is. When our perspective shifts from wanting or, or trying to draw something out of it to I'm just, I just want to spend some time with you. I just want to tell you what's going on, God. I just want to, I just want to pour myself out. There's something happens and there's a tying and a, and a knitting together with God when it's, when it's outside of just trying to fulfill a box or just check a box or just saying I did it. Our spirit and God's spirit intertwines and it gets so tight. But we can allow ourselves to, to get loose. Amen. We can allow ourselves, to, if, if we allow our prayer life to dissolve, that the two pieces of something tied together are still going to be there, but it's going to be loose. There's going to be not as good as of a, of a connection. Amen. And it's going to, uh, has anybody ever used uh, any sort of electrical before? I've wired up some car stereos, but you have to have the, the wires together intertwined or it's just not going to work. There's power on this end. There's no power on this end, but if those things aren't touching the right way, if they're not knit or bonded the right way, that stereo is not going to operate the way it should. It might click on and off. It might, you might see uh, the lights shine, amen, but you're not going to get any sound out of it because there's not a required connection in order for those things to meet together. But let me tell you this, when we allow ourselves to be knitted with God, we're unstoppable. When we're knitted with God, it's not me that's doing the work, amen, but it's God through me, operating through me to do that which he has asked me to do, amen, because when I'm knitted with my Savior, there is a, 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 a proportion coming out of you, amen. There's, there's light, there's all these different things that will start to come from you because guess what, it's no longer you operating. But when you're knitted with the Savior, amen, He's operating through you. <clears throat> Matthew 5 uh, and 8, 5 through 8 says, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. Prayer has to be something that has to be dedicated and sacrificial. The byproducts of prayer come out of a time of communion and honest desire with God. Prayer shouldn't be forced. Prayer shouldn't be uh, pushed. It shouldn't be a, a box or something that has to be checked for the means of personal desire to get the things that we want of God. 
Do you understand the power that you have within you? You have the Spirit of God. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have God living within you. You have the ability to operate as His hands and feet, regardless of where you're at, where you're going, what you see, what's going on. Amen. God wants to use you. God wants to use this church. Amen. But if we're not going to be one that is a prayerful church, we are not going to make it. I, I'm just saying that. If we're not a church who is operating through prayer, we're not going to be operating as a church that, that people can see the prayer. Amen. Prayer is something, as we just read, that God, when we, when we get in our prayer closet and we shut the door and we get in that time where it's not just a, a box being checked or just something being pushed out of us just because we have to, but it's a personal prayer closet that you're shutting the door and, and cutting everything out and you're getting the time with the Father. Amen. It says that God will reward us openly. What does that mean? It means that God will reward you openly, whether it's blessing, whether it's this, whether it's that. Amen. God wants to reward you openly if you're having a communion with him privately. I don't get up here to, to pray out loud on Tuesdays just because I, I want to show up and, and, and do that. No, it's not the point of that. I want to be able to help you and teach you how to pray. That's the whole point why somebody gets up here on Tuesday and just starts praying because we're not going to be able to learn how to pray if we don't hear somebody praying or if we don't hear somebody operating in the manner by which that they would be operating in their personal prayer closet. But let me tell you this, besides Tuesday and Sunday and Thursday and, and Saturday, amen, when we can allow ourselves to get into a personal prayer closet, Shutting out the kids, shutting out the wife, shutting out the phone, shutting out the, the boss, the work, all the stuff. And we allow ourselves to get into that place, amen, where it's just privately with the Father. I can tell you this, that God is going to drastically change your life. Whether you have partook of it already or you have never partaken of that. I want to encourage you and tell you this. That personal prayer time and a personal close uh, communion with Jesus Christ, your life will drastically change. And not only will it drastically change, I and everybody else will be able to see that your life has been drastically changed through prayer. Amen. Because... God is going to reward you openly. He's going to start elevating you in his purpose. He's going to start elevating you in the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, this guy's really anointed and he's operating in this cool stuff. And look at all these people that he's bringing in and look at all these things that he's doing. It's not because he's trying to do that, but God is operating through him through a private means of prayer and rewarding them openly. I don't want a reward of gold and, and physical things, but I want a reward of that which someday I can go before the throne of Jesus Christ and he says, good and faithful servant, come on in. That's what that reward is. It's not a reward of these blessings and all this stuff and, and, and all these things that the TV preachers preach for. <laughs> Silver and gold have I none, but this precious gospel... I have that to offer. Matthew 18, 18 through 20 says, Verily I say unto you, whosoever ye shall, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as of touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done <coughs> for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We look back at the definition of prayer in the, in the Greek. The root of it is a binding action. There's something happening in the root of our prayer. There's something going on, amen, that's, that's taking place. And immediately when I saw the, the etymology of the word prayer, I immediately thought of the scripture. I've never, I've never heard it expressed in that action, but this is talking about prayer. This is talking about moving and operating as the body of Christ. We're binding things. And again, what does binding mean? It's a knitting. It's something happening and taking place by which that is established here on earth. And what does it say? It happens in, in heaven as well. But the, the, the other end of that is a loosing. If we look at the Greek word for loose, it's luo, which is to break up, to destroy, to dissolve, loose, melt, to put off. So when we are praying... With prayer, either we're breaking or fastening. I feel like the power of prayer is downplayed. Do you know how powerful your personal time with God is? You can change your entire household by just spending time in prayer, by binding and loosening things. You don't like some of the kid, things your kids are doing? Loose it in prayer. Get rid of it. Destroy it. You, you want some things to happen in your household where you want your, your family to do better for the kingdom of God? Bind those things in prayer. Bind these things. Amen. Allow them to be made manifest and said to be already done. Amen. Because what do we have the power to do? We have the power to bind and loose things. Why? So that they can be bound in heaven and bound on earth. Or they can be loosed in heaven and loosed on earth. Amen. You have prayer. You have power. That's for us to take part in as his, as, his, <coughs> as his body. That's for us to take part in. That's not just <coughs> for the apostles. Amen. That's just not for them. It says this is for everybody. It says where two are in agreement, touching one thing, we ask... And God does it. It's not because we're asking God to do it and we're getting together and it's taking place. No, we're just operating in prayer according to the purpose and the will that God has for that moment. Amen. Luke 11, 9 through 10 says, And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. To me, this is something that prayer has to be focused in and, and done well with. So that's, we have to pray persistently. We have to pray in faith, amen. We have to pray according to the will of God. But not only that, but our prayer is done for 
his glory. And when we do it from a right heart, when we do it past the point of just checking boxes, <laughs> your entire life is going to just change. Amen. And it's happened in my life. I've seen what prayer can do in my life. And what's the result of actually spending that time and communing with God in a way that's, that's outside of, of my comfort zone and allowing God to change my life? I have confidence. I know what God is able to do. I have confidence and I have faith knowing what God is able to do. Why? Because I've had communion with him. I've been nodded. I've been bound with the king. Amen. And I've spent some time with him and I know what my God is able to do. I know that he's able to fill people with the Holy Ghost. I know that he's able to heal people. I know that he's able to do all that his word says. Because why? He's faithful to me. He's faithful to me. So I know if, well, if God can be faithful to me, the, the average Godfrey, that he's going to do it for anybody else. If I know that he can do it for the average Joe, he can do it for anybody else. Luke 18, 1 through 8 says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The men are... are ought always to pray and not faint, saying, There was a, a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she will, she will weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear, not, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, the Son of Man cometh. Shall he find faith on earth? When we allow ourselves to get out, out, outside of ourselves and really spend that time petitioning things to God, speaking things as though they are, when, when we, th we see things that are within the will of God that we pray persistently for, as a group, amen, if we have a prayer list and we have these specific things that have to take place and we allow ourselves to persistently ask God to take care of these needs, there is going to be a day, amen, when we have that list and these things that we've uh, spoken to our brothers and sister about that we need prayer for, that we can give God glory, amen, because He is a faithful God. When we pray things according to His will, He may not just immediately uh, shake the foundations of that building and change it, amen, but when we allow ourselves to be persistent according to the will and purpose of God, amen, there will be a day when we get to rejoice together, to see those things coming to pass, to see those things happening, amen, to see those things taking place, and we able to, we're able to lift our hands and give God glory because we took all that time praying for this specific situation. We took all that time praying for Sister Stephanie's situation, amen. We took all that time, all those years that the, the judges uh, and, the, and the lawyers and all these people put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off, but we were sitting there persistently praying for the entire situation. And what did God do? What did God do, Pastor? 
And she had, amen. And in all that time, she could have, uh, she could have done, she could have went to jail. She could have spent a bunch of time on probation for years and years and years and spent years and years and years in jail, amen. Which in reality, she deserves that. But God said, it's done. It's finished. It is done. Why? Because our obedience is what enabled God and his will to take place. That is what prayer does. It's not because of what I do and my actions. I'm just, a core, I'm just sitting there persistently asking God, Lord, I want to see your will take place. I want to see your purpose take place through it. Why? It's because God's purpose isn't always the things that we want. But it's always the thing that he wants. And when we persistently ask God according to his purpose and his will, that right there is the result. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, we already read this, but be careful for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. As we pray with thanksgiving and as we pray with praise within our heart, amen, we can, uh, we can upset heaven in a good way with our prayer, with our thanksgiving. God, God shining his presence upon us, amen, through prayer. And as we lift up our voice and as we lift up thanksgiving unto him, amen, there is power that works through our prayer when we pray with thanksgiving, amen. James 1, 5 through 6 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven of the wind and tossed. When we pray, when we pray, without wavering, when we pray in faith, when we allow ourselves to pray according to the will of God, when we pray in faith, believing that God is going to do something, he is going to bring some beautiful things from that. He's going to give us wisdom through it. Amen. If we allow ourselves to not be up upbraided or if we allow ourselves to be taken out of the place of prayer amen it's dangerous but when we allow ourselves to pray in faith and and consistently allow ourselves amen to be not only persistent not only be with thanksgiving but when we allow ourselves to operate in faith with our prayer amen God is going to shine his face. God is going to let his spirit come down and give comfort in the areas where there's needed comfort. Amen. His spirit's going to come down and give you wisdom in times when you need wisdom. Amen. Because we're being obedient in faith to what his word asks us to do. John 14, 13 through 15 says, And whatsoever... Ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall keep, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. There's one caveat there with what we ask God is that He's gonna do what we ask Him to do, but He says, just keep my commandments. Just do what I ask. That's all, that's all God's asking us to do. But we're humanity. Oh, 
I got excuses for this. I got excuses for that. I got excuses to take care of all this. I don't, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time for this because I'm so full of stuff and I have all this stuff to take care of. Just keep his commandments. Just do what he asks. Amen. And what does he say? If you, if you ask me, I'm going to do it. But there's one thing. I just want you to do what I ask. Why? Because God is a gentleman. God is a faithful God. And what does he want? He wants his people to be faithful. Amen. And when we're faithful, God's going to show up and he's going to do what he wants to do. Amen. James 5 and 16, going back to that idea, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word effectual is in the Greek is energeo, which means to be active, to be efficient, to be effectual fervently, to be mighty, to show forth and to work. <clears throat> and the etymology of that word is the word energeo, which is literally an instrument used for work. So the efficiency or the, the effectualness of, of, of our prayer, l- listen to this, Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. That word powerful there is the word that we had down for the etymology of the word uh, for, uh, for effectual which is the word energeo. So the word of God in itself is an instrument used for work. The word of God is powerful. And it says it's quick. That word quick literally means to be alive. Amen. So not only is the word alive, but it's, only, it's used as an instrument for work. Amen. And what do we see in Ephesians 6 and 10 as the, what is the word? It's a sword. It's the, uh, we see the word of God used in a specific purpose and it has a specific tool and way that it's used, amen, for his purpose. Our effectual and fervent prayer has to be with action. A tool has to be used. A tool has to be operated with, amen. So are we going to be intentional with our relationship behind the doors? Are we going to be intentional and initiate that prayer to become effectual and fervent? Are we going to allow that to happen within our lives? Because what do we learn? If if our prayer is effectual and fervent and we're righteous before the eyes of God, what is our prayer going to do? The scripture says it's going to avail much. The word fervent. It's a verb which means literally to be hot, to boil. And figuratively, it means to be fervid or to be earnest. Our personal relationship with God has to be birthed from genuine desire to seek Him. If there's no fervency, if there's no boiling up, amen, there's been, there must have been something that stopped water from boiling or stopped the, the, the fervency of our relationship with God. I got five minutes left, but I just want to encourage us as a body. If there's no fervency, 
there must have been something introduced into our lives that has removed the fervent boiling from stopping. If you've ever uh, boiled some water, if it's full-on boiling and you throw cold water into that boiling pan, it's going to stop the boiling for just a, a certain amount of time. Amen. It's going to create steam and it's going to create all this, all this other stuff that you don't want to have to take care of. If something is stopping us from asking the church to pray for our infirmities or we allow ourselves to neglect the relationship that we have with our brothers and our sisters due to being embarrassed for the things that we've allowed in our lives, we're held accountable for those things. If we'd allowed some, some new TV show or video game or social media or activities and, and suddenly we have no zeal or fervency for the kingdom of God, there's something that has to be removed. There's something that has to be purged and something that has to be taken out in order for that boiling and for that fervency to start up once again. Amen. And oftentimes, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not sin. Oftentimes it's not. But distractions take us away from that fervency. It takes us away from that boiling. And they distract us from the purpose and will of God that He has for us. Why? By taking that personal prayer time. The enemy wants to do everything that he can to give you all these different means of distraction, amen, to be able to take you away from that personal prayer time with God. If I'm honest with you, I don't watch TV at all because if I allow myself to watch TV, that sure takes a lot of my personal prayer time out. If I allow myself to uh, sit and watch unedifying things on YouTube, does it happen? Of course it does. <laughs> I'm a human being. But if I allow myself to be overcame by doing this over and over and over on uh, Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts, amen, I will sit there and just scroll and then I realize, man, it's been two and a half hours. Where did the time go? We only have, what, 24 hours a day? So in reality, if we're using the method of tithing, I, can, I should at least give 2.4 hours of my day to him, at least, at minimum, because what do we give 10% for? Because God has asked that, because it's already his. So why can't we just tithe some of our time? Why can't we just allow ourselves to, to, to sacrifice a little bit extra, amen, just to be able to spend that time with the God who created us, who wants to have a relationship, and guess what? He wants to use you for the kingdom of God. But if you're not going to be spending time with him, he's just not going to use you. He'll skip you and go to the next. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people that God wants to use. But I want to encourage you. I don't want to tear you down. And I want to tell you this. Just spend some more time with God. I promise you it's worth it. We're living in the time where our culture and everything is so completely bona fide opposite of that which God asks us to do that we should look towards that and be like, man, I should maybe pray or 
man, I, I can't believe all this stuff's going on in the, the politic, political realm, and I can't believe all this stuff's happening in our state, and all the stuff with the kids, and uh, Target, and all these different things happening in the world. That makes me want to pray. I want to protect my kids. I want to protect the body of Christ. I want to be able to protect the people, amen, because guess what? This world is so susceptible they're so susceptible to all these things. Why? Because it's Satan's devices to distract them from anything spiritual. Everything that he can do right now to distract the church, even distract the very elect from their purpose and for what God's called them to do, he's doing. He's in for the long game right now. He's trying to do everything that he can to, to take your hands off the kingdom of God. He's doing everything that he can to, to manipulate your mind into thinking, oh, those Pentecostals, they're, oh, man, they're, they're heretics and all this stuff, and, 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 and trying to deceive your mind into saying, well, you can just go somewhere else. Let me tell you this. Going somewhere else is not going to do anything. Going somewhere else is, is running away. Going somewhere else and, and, and running away from the truth of the word of God and running away from the things that God has called you to do is running but run towards Jesus. Run towards him in that personal time. Run towards him. Get into that prayer closet because I guarantee you this, once you spend some time in that prayer closet, those thoughts are going to leave. Once you spend some time in that prayer closet, all that stuff, all the junk, all the garbage that's been influencing your mind and trying to, trying to, to scratch at your, at your mind and into your eyes, amen, it's just going to flee. Because guess what? When we get before the presence of God, and we spend some personal time with him, that stuff just goes away. Because guess what? He's not, a, he, he's not the spirit of fear. He's not the, the spirit that, that, that is lingering in our culture. But he's a faithful God. He's not the God of confusion. He's not the God of fear. He's not the God of, of uh, all these different ideologies and, and things in this world. Satan wants to claim that he's the God of all those things. But let me tell you this. God is so powerful. God is so great. God has a purpose for you. God wants to use you for his kingdom. But just keep his commandments. Just spend some time with God in prayer. Just get up in the morning, whatever time that you want to spend. I mean, just earnestly, just get on your knees and just tell him what's going on. Just let him know, Jesus, I'm going through this. I, I need help. I can't handle this by myself, God. I need you to take care of my mom and my brother, God, because they're going down a path I don't want them to go down. The school is going, the school is trying to teach my kids all these things. And if we just sit there and tell God what's going on, you're praying. Crazy concept. But prayer isn't the, oh, God, I got to get on my knees and get to prayer today. And He's not going to listen to that. I'm just going to be honest. He's there. He's there. But the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If you want God to hear, he's going to hear anyways. He already has his purpose. His will is going to take place and all this stuff. God's going to do stuff regardless. Why? Because his grace and mercy. The grace and mercy of God is what keeps God there even when we're trying to check the box. That's the reality. And we can check the boxes. We can do all this stuff and look super Pentecostal and, and do all the things. 
but the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's what's going to get God's attention. That's what's going to allow God to hear us. And as we stand, I want to edify you and understand this. Every single person in this church, God wants to use you. God has a purpose for you. Whether it's on the pulpit, whether it's on a different pulpit, whether it's going down the street, doing this, doing that, edifying people at the school, whatever it may be. Just get into your prayer closet and just earnestly, fervently, effectually go before the presence of God and allow yourself to be poured out. Amen. And as His righteousness pours over you, and as His grace and mercy and His Spirit empowers you to operate, just let God use you. Let God use your hands. Amen. Uh, the Old Testament uh, prophet says, Teach my hands to war. Teach my hands how to operate. Amen. Because we're in a day and an age where we're no longer going to be able to operate in our own power. Where we have to let God operate. <coughs> and you can do it. I promise you can do it. Because God is faithful. And he's, what He says is going to happen. And, and, and understand this. When you operate and allow yourself to move in the purpose and will of God... You're going to change lives. You're going to see people saved. You're going to see people burst into the kingdom of God. You're going to see your family changed. Amen. But let's just pray. Let's get into that prayer closet. And let's do his purpose. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.